welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Blessed evening, lovelies. I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all of God's children and all of God's creation. And remember, those qualities are ever-expanding within all of us. The more attention we give to our own mighty I Am Presence, and the more we acknowledge and respect the power of the presence of God within everyone else, then the greater the radiance of loving light we emit throughout the entire world from our own presence, each and every individual playing his or her vital role in the elevation of all mankind and Mother Earth. This, when we proceed in all things from a place of love. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love, with Him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1 2-21 Isis Unveiled, Chapter 12 This point is too important to be passed by without a few words of comment. 
The attitude of physical science toward the spiritual half of the cosmos is perfectly exemplified in her gross conception of fire. In this, as in every other branch of science, their philosophy does not contain one second plank, everyone is honeycombed and weak. The works of their own authorities teeming with humiliating confessions, give us the right to say that the floor upon which they stand is so unstable, that at any moment some new discovery, by one of their own number, may knock away the props and let them all fall in a heap together. They are so anxious to drive spirit out of their conceptions that, as Balfour Stewart says, there is a tendency to rush into the opposite extreme, and to work physical conceptions to an excess. He utters a timely warning in adding, let us be cautious that, in avoiding Scylla, we do not rush into Charybdis. For the universe has more than one point of view, and there are possibly regions which will not yield their treasures to the most determined physicists, armed only with kilograms and meters and standard clocks. In another place he confesses, we know nothing, or next to nothing, of the ultimate structure and properties of matter, whether organic or inorganic. As to the other great question, we find in Macaulay, a still more unreserved declaration, the question what becomes of man after death, we do not see that a highly educated European, left to his unassisted reason, is more likely to be in the right than a Blackfoot Indian. Not a single one of the many sciences in which we surpass the Blackfoot Indian throws the smallest light on the state of the soul after the animal life is extinct. In truth, all the philosophers, ancient and modern, who have attempted, without the help of revelation, to prove the immortality of man, from Plato down to Franklin, appear to us to have failed deplorably. H.P. Blavatsky There are revelations of the spiritual senses of man which may be trusted far more than all the sophistries of materialism. What was a demonstration and a success in the eyes of Plato and his disciples is now considered the overflow of a spurious philosophy and a failure. The scientific methods are reversed. The testimony of the men of old, who were nearer to truth, for they were nearer to the spirit of nature, the only aspect under which the deity will allow itself to be viewed and understood, and their demonstrations are rejected. Their speculations, if we must believe the modern thinkers, are but the expression of a redundance of the unsystematic opinions of men unacquainted with the scientific method of the present century. They foolishly based the little they knew of physiology on well-demonstrated psychology, while the scholar of our day bases psychology, of which he confesses himself utterly ignorant, on physiology, which to him is as yet a closed book, and has not even a method of its own, as Fournier tells us. As to the last objection in Macaulay's argument, it was answered by Hippocrates centuries ago, all knowledge, all arts are to be found in nature. Page missing in source. The artist will display his waves of harmony better on a royal erard than he could have done on a spinet of the 16th century. Therefore whether this instinctive impulse was directly impressed upon the nervous system of the first insect, or each species has gradually had it developed in itself by instinctively mimicking the acts of its like, as the more perfected doctrine of Herbert Spencer has it, is immaterial to the present subject. The question concerns spiritual evolution only. And if we reject this hypothesis as unscientific and undemonstrated, then will the physical aspect of evolution have to follow it to the ground in its turn, because the one is as undemonstrated as the other, and the spiritual intuition of man is not allowed to dovetail the two, under the pretext that it is unphilosophical. Whether we wish it or not, we will have to fall back on the old query of Plutarch's symposiacs, whether it was the bird or the egg which first made its appearance. H.P. Blavatsky
The I Am Discourses, Volume 13. I say to you, it is wonderful to be happy, but you can be happy without saying and doing things when you are not in a happy state, as it has its effect in the feeling world of each other. So I think you should use discrimination. Don't say things that could be construed as unkind to each other, because in those unguarded moments you start the disturbance again. Question, to some degree, if we say the thing, we are responsible if we stir the other fellow into a discordant feeling. Saint Germain, it does not make any difference whether that thing is intended or not, if it actually does that, you are responsible for stirring them up. You see? Oh, we are steadily and surely getting at the understanding of this. I am sure everyone will hold such perfect self-control they won't do those things. But notice now, here are the two conditions, one is in the happy state and continues to say things that could be construed as unkind. The other person, for some reason, is not just in a perfect state of harmony, then that thing strikes through into the feeling world. Well, the two conditions are acting, one should not have said it, the other should have controlled their feelings. So both are making themselves a part of the inharmony in the feeling world. These are things that are acting, but unless you understand them, don't you see you are helpless before them? That is where self-control is the most vital thing of all qualities in the universe. You cannot have perfection as long as you refuse to give obedience and hold self-control of your feeling world. That is why many times people have made applications sufficiently dynamic and have produced wonderful results, but they have not held the self-control within their own feeling world. It seems almost incredible. For instance, I call your attention to Mr. Ballard's experience with his associates in Los Angeles, before his experiences began in Northern California. You do not know these people, as far as I know, but when they came to him, asking for money, and he would not dish it out to them, their feelings turned to hatred against him, and they spread every vicious lie imaginable. One man was on his knees to this good messenger repeatedly as long as he got his way, but when Mr. Ballard would not give him the money he asked for, he turned bitter toward him and his work. Those people will reap what they sow, it cannot be otherwise. If they do not do something to correct it, they will come into the next embodiment in a far worse condition than ever. They won't find you blessed ones to vent their venom against, but it will be some other condition. Beloved Saint Germain Question, will this instrument that you just referred to, that the great divine director wishes to bring forth, will that do for mankind something similar to the one on Atlantis which they used on criminals? Saint Germain, yes. Within a few minutes or an hour or so, it will bring the perfect balance of the atomic structure of the body. That means adjustment of the feeling world. Question, that would be the person making the declaration? Saint Germain, well yes, because of the change in the cosmic activity, which is setting aside the destructive free will, then you can do things which would not be permitted before. You can so decree while this is taking place that it will be permanently sustained within the individual, thereby rendering a service which has never in the history of the earth been permitted before, but the cosmic light is making it possible for this to be done. The free will of constructive activities has not been set aside, so, it will be, so far as the destructive qualities are concerned. Question, are not mankind mostly hypnotized, and when they are hypnotized to a certain point, they cannot cut themselves free without assistance from without? Saint Germain, no, but as the destructive free will is set aside, that in itself will be a great release to mankind. Now, notice this carefully, 
Any condition that has become a habit within an individual has, to some degree, what you would outwardly term a hypnotic influence, because it is involuntary action. The destructive accumulation of mankind has caused not only pressure, but this hypnotic effect upon the whole mass of mankind, and until their attention was called to the mighty I am presence and the use of the violet consuming flame, mankind had not a chance on earth, or anywhere else, of getting free. Notice blessed ones, how really tragic it is. As long as the violet consuming flame is not understood and used with dynamic power, the accumulation builds and builds from one embodiment to the other. I do not mean between times, but whatever has been built in one embodiment stands there. It has to remain, waiting for the individual to come again, then it enters into the feeling world of that individual, because it is their own creation, and think what that is, to build for a hundred embodiments. Think of it dear ones, then think what this understanding means to mankind today. Beloved Saint Germain